Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time of the day you're watching this video, this is Dr. Eric Tangumonkan with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential, and deploy it. I need to check the sound system and make sure, yeah, we are all ready to go. I want to welcome you so much for joining us today. And I'm grateful that you've decided to stop by to listen to what I have to say. There are three things I would like you to do for me. The very first one is that share this broadcast with other people. If you like what you've been hearing, uh, make sure you don't keep it to yourself. It's a good thing to share. And the second thing is please subscribe to my YouTube channel. First one, share. Second one, subscribe. And the third thing I want uh, to encourage you to do is to get a copy of my book, Racism, Where Is Your Sting? A provocative look at the beginning and the end of racism. Get this book so that you are going to have a complete picture of where I'm coming from and why I'm doing what I'm doing. If you only listen to a, a single broadcast, you may draw the wrong conclusions. If you want a complete picture of what I'm talking about, get a copy of this book. Don't just get a copy for yourself, get many more copies for other people. Together we can defeat racism. Together we can put racism out of business. Together we can destroy racism. I want you to not just order one copy, get multiple copies. There is uh, availability for huge discounts for those who want to get more than one copy. Don't get um, distracted or turned off uh, because we're talking about racism. I'm not here to play the, the blame game. I'm not here to spread hate. I'm not here to keep people in bondage. I'm not doing this because I belong to some political party. I'm not doing this because I've been paid to. I'm not doing this because I want to pay back. It's a message of hope. The only thing that can set us free is the truth. There's so much talk today about racism, so much evil that has been done under the disguise of racism. And the only way we can get solutions is to get to the root of the problem and call it what it is. I'm coming from a certain vintage point, and I'm not ashamed to talk about it. My understanding and my solution is biblically based. If you haven't watched the previous episodes, I strongly encourage you to. You understand how the baseline was set, where we've been, and where we are going. I started with the premise that all men are created 
equal. We are not the result of an accident. We did not just appear out of nothing. We are created. That is my belief. That is the vintage point I'm coming from. I know some people don't ascribe to that. Present their own solutions. It's a marketplace of ideas. The ideas that make sense, the idea that will bring results, they will win the day. Please listen to me and understand where I am coming from. I believe in God that he created us in his image and his likeness. And I think the founding fathers of the United States of America had that understanding because they said it very clearly. We hold this truth to be self-evident. A lot of people talk about, oh, we need evidence to believe. We need evidence to believe. We need evidence to believe. These truths are self-evident. All men, all men are created equal and endowed with certain inalienable rights by their creator, by their creator, who we are is already been endowed by our creator. And that is why we don't need any other human being to make another human being human. We are already human. We are all equal. Please don't get me wrong. Don't think I'm talking about equality and pushing this because I feel uncomfortable in being who I am. Let the truth be told. Again, I get my sense of identity in Christ, not in being born in Africa. By the way, the continent of Africa was not even named by the Africans. We like grouping people, we like labels, but that doesn't make who we are. The externals, cultures, don't define us because we can change those things. There are a lot of things, for example, I eat now that I didn't eat as a kid. I did not grow up driving a car, now I do. I learned how to speak English, dress in a suit and a tie. There are many things that we can learn. And that is why since culture can change and culture is made to serve us, we cannot start using culture to become our identity. Our identity is in Christ. Our identity is in our creator because we are created in his image and his likeness. The manipulation, the divide and rule, divide and conquer has to stop. I don't need you to validate me. And that is why the call and my push in the book and the series of broadcasts I'm going to be making is speaking to each individual. You have to free yourself. You have to stand up 
and believe that you are not the child of a lesser God, that you've been created in God's image and likeness, and that you are equal to all other people, and you don't need their permission to be you. I said before we uh, defeat racism, it's important for us to define what racism is. We've already seen that when God created mankind, there was harmony, and this harmony was broken and because of disobedience, and our senses became corrupted, and the first two brothers, one killed the other. Did racism cause Cain to kill Abel? No. What caused him to do that was the state of his heart. It was a jealousy. It was the greed. It was a selfishness. He dehumanized his brother. He no longer saw him in the image and likeness of God. He took it upon himself to eliminate his own brother. And today, it's very convenient because some of us have said, oh, the original sin no longer exists. And some of us have even declared that God is dead and we are just a result of some random mutations. We've lost our way. And that is why, instead of going to the root of the problem, and accepting that the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? We are concocting different explanations to explain something that cannot be explained. Now you tell me, how does the color of somebody's skin make you treat them badly? What has that skin color done to you? You tell me. How does the color of somebody's skin prevent you, the employer, from paying them what they are worth? You tell me. How does somebody's skin color make them less human? You tell me. It's evil. It's evil. Plain and simple. If we hate people, don't love them, don't treat them right, place them beneath our feet, look down on them, and not honor them, it's wickedness, it's evil, it's not racism. It's not racism. It's just the wickedness of the heart of mind. You can justify it and hide behind the fact that they don't look the same like you. If somebody doesn't look like you, is that justification to treat them badly? You tell me. What is that thing that makes you, if somebody doesn't look like you, they don't sound like you, they don't speak like you, they don't eat like you, they don't dress like you, out of a sudden, you dehumanize them? Really? Come on, people. Can we go past this, this, a concocted uh, social construct of racism and really get to the root cause of the problem. You are hateful. 
you are prideful, you are not humble, and you have to repent. Let's stop hiding behind racism. It's a social construct, and it's not happy. Yesterday, we tried to define racism, and we found out that it wasn't as straightforward because racism, uh, according to <clears throat> the Oxford uh, uh, Living Dictionary, is uh, prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against somebody of a different race, somebody of a different race based on the belief that one's race is superior. I want to, this word superior, superior is going to keep coming up. And that is why the issue at play is not racism, it's superiority complex and inferiority complex. Don't get me wrong, I want you to listen and listen very carefully. You who believe that you are superior, what is your criteria? And you who believe that you are inferior, what is your criteria? Let God be true and every man be a liar. God created everything and said it was good. You've been created in God's image and likeness. Don't believe any lie. None is superior. None is inferior. And I, yesterday I said I, I, I found I had some difficulties or disagreement with this definition by the Oxford Living Dictionary. The assumption is that uh, we have different human races. We don't, this one human race. And, and therefore, just this idea of saying that one's own race is superior. And if there's only one, one race, then there are people, those that feel that their race, this social construct of race, is superior to other races, is baseless. It's just a manifestation of the wickedness of heart. There, there, there are three, the, 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 the other definition that I spent a little bit of time on, I'm, 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 I'm rehearsing this because we want to move into ethnocentrism today, and I want you to see the connection between ethnocentrism, tribalism, and racism. These three, they fit into each other. And to dismantle this monster of racism, this evil, we have to understand how they're all connected. Then we'll be able to dismantle them. You know, I, I like what uh, Condes said in 2017. Racism is the mistaken. Yeah, I say it's, a, it's mistaken. It's baseless. It's mistaken. The mistaken and gratuitous belief that the social construct of race is the prime is is the, the primary factor in determining human characteristics and abilities. They say, oh, we belong in different races. So out of a sudden, the black race, the white race, the Asian race, the this race, the that race, and then when we do that grouping, we start saying, oh, by the way, look at that race, they're like this, they're like that. It's foolishness. You cannot look at somebody, amount of melanin in somebody's skin, and you determine how strong they are, how smart they are. That is just flawed, and we should stop saying it. I mean, just that we keep talking about People of color, the white, the black, the yellow, the orange, whatever colors we throw around, they are inadequate. We should stop using color. We're going to have a whole episode on color because I don't know why we're so fixated on using color to classify people. If we don't have a nefarious agenda behind that, why are we having it very difficult to drop using that terminology? 
How dare you say I'm black? Yeah, I know some, I'm, you're going to say, oh, you're crazy. You don't like being black. Who said I was black? Under what criteria? What do you mean by that? I have a black t-shirt on here. Look at the color of my skin. Is it black to you? If, it's, if this is black and this is black, then we have a problem. Which is which? And what are we trying to say? We're going to get into that. It's very important for us to understand what is actually going on so that we can rise above it. Now, today we're going to talk about ethnocentrism. What is ethnocentrism? I'm bringing ethnocentrism because it's another term that can easily feed into racism, discrimination, and hate. You know, another word that is of great interest to me because of its pro 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 propensity to overflow into racism is ethnocentrism. While there is nothing wrong in having a strong affinity for people that look like you, who share the same culture, language, beliefs, etc., there is a cause for concern when the ethnic pride is turned into prejudice against other ethnicities. It's, it's okay to, to congregate with people who talk like you, with people who eat like you, people who sing like you, dance like you, believe like you, whatever. You guys can use to identify yourself as a people's group. It's okay, good and fine. But do you know when we run into trouble? It's when you start feeling that, oh, because we eat in a certain way, we speak in a certain way, we dress in a certain way, we are not superior, we are better than the other group. I was having a conversation not too long with somebody on something as basic as slicing plantains to fry them. This person is from a different ethnic group and they kept insisting, this is the proper way to do it. Your own way is inferior. They were saying that you, you must slice the, the plantain in little cubes. Where I come from, we slide them. Uh, at times, they almost have some sort of a, a rectangular shape or something like that. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, they're fried plantains. It's stuff like that. Why, why do you think, what makes you think that because you fry something and somebody boils it or somebody roasts it, the roasted form, and the fried form, one is superior. They are all calories, going to give energy in the body. So we need to be able to look at culture and understand the purpose of culture and don't let it become something that we use in evaluating superiority and inferiority. You know, unfortunately, ethnocentrism is often turned into animosity and bad treatment of other people who do not belong to the dominant or more affluent group. You go in a situation, you have a group that are dominant, that are more affluent, and out of a sudden, they start throwing their weight around. And that is when it, ethnocentrism becomes bad. Now let's see the definition of ethnocentrism, this time by the Cam Cambridge uh, English Dictionary. Ethnocentrism, 
it, it defines ethnocentrism as a belief. Again, belief, right? Based on what, remember, we said the definition of racism is a belief that one's own race is superior. Again, here, ethnocentrism is, a, it, 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 it is defined as a belief that a particular race or culture is better than others. It's a belief based on what? Racism is a belief that my race is better. Ethnocentrism is a belief that my culture, my own group is better. Based on what? It's superior, based on what? According to this definition, the feelings of superiority are based on a belief which in many cases is based on nothing more than stereotypes and distorted information about other people and cultures, isn't it? How much do you know about other people to pass that judgment? It's very important to let go of the need to feel superior or the need to feel inferior. All cultures are not the same and should not necessarily be because they serve different purposes for those that practice them. We don't want all cultures to be the same. We don't want the world to have only one color. It doesn't make sense. Each culture has a particular purpose that serves the people that came up with the culture. Cultures are made to serve people. Period. And that is why cultures can change when they lose their purpose. We don't live for culture. Culture saves us. But passing value judgment is something that humans are prone to doing. And the conclusions are usually faulty to say the least. We pass value judgment, right? I've already shown how the senses, the five senses that God gave us to enjoy his creation became tinted, corrupted when, we, when, when Adam and Eve used those five senses to disobey God. Now when we see people, instead of seeing people made in God's image and likeness, we see problems. Oh, they're darker. Oh, they're lighter. They're like that. They're like this. Because of that, they are inferior and I'm superior and all that. It's a result of the disharmony, the break in communication, in fellowship that happened between God and mankind mankind and himself when we disobey God originally. We are not insisting that all cultures have to be the same because it doesn't make sense. People live under different conditions in different places and they come up with different ways that will help them cope with their environment and that's how cultures develop. However, it's very wrong to use one culture pitched against another culture. Can you imagine if, 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 if there was a race uh, uh, between, uh, uh, let's say you, you, you took a fish out of the water and, and you, you wanted the fish and the monkey to climb a tree. Who is going to win? Who is going to win? Obviously, the monkey is going to climb the tree. They are playing on their own turf. The fish swims and the monkey climbs trees. Why will you do that? And that's what we do with cultures. We take them out of context. We castigate, castigate them and group people and say they're primitive, that this, that that, is wrong. <clears throat> Here's a more elaborate definition of ethnocentrism 
by uh, Bakshi, who states that ethnocentrism is the tendency to place one's own tribe, race, or country at the center of human affairs as superior to other such peoples, okay? That word superior is coming up again. All the definitions of racism, it's about superiority. Ethnocentrism, it's about superiority. According to Bauchi, ethnocentrism has existed <clears throat> in virtually all societies in human history. To feel superior to other people requires that one is aware of others beyond one's national or cultural boundaries. So as I said, for superiority to exist, there has to be inferiority. If you don't compare two things, you're not going to see one is better than the other one. It's just like that. And that is why the solution to what is going on is for you to deal at it with it at a personal level. Do you feel superior to other people? You need to get down your high horse. Do you feel that you are inferior? You need to get down, you need, you, you need to get up from the ground and stand on your feet because you have been made in God's image and likeness. You cannot change your attitude of other people, but you can change yourself. How you look at yourself, how you value yourself. If you don't value yourself, don't expect other people to. And you don't need the validation of other people to be who you already are. To feel superior to other people also requires that one knows enough about others to judge their civilization or way of life as inferior to one's own. So when we come across people for the first time, instead of trying to understand why they're doing what they're doing, we judge them based upon our own experiences. Bim, we are better, they are inferior, we are superior. That is wrong. You know, I've brought up this issue of innocentrism here because it's going to be used to bridge the gap between it and tribalism. We're going to use ethnocentrism to bridge the gap between it and tribalism. Because tribalism is another term that is causing a lot of havoc. We're going to look at what it is in our next presentation. And the conclusion will be to tie tribalism, ethnocentrism, and racism. Then we'll move our head and start talking about the complex interplay between inferiority complex and superiority complex and how to undo it. So far, you've heard ethnocentrism is feeling, oh, my own group of people is superior. Racism is feeling, oh, my race is superior. Again, it's a belief based on upon distorted information. It's a social construct. And we defeat it by shedding the light of truth to it. All men are created equal. Do all these truths to be self-evident. None is superior, none is inferior. I said the concept of tribalism is the brainchild of ethnocentrism driven by Western hegemony. When Europeans came in contact with other civilizations, <clears throat> They decided that these civilizations 
were backward, primitive, and underdeveloped. Therefore, these groups should be referred to as tribal. Therefore, the word tribe is loaded with racism, prejudices, and mischaracterizations and should be dropped when talking about other people, cultures, and civilizations. We are going to spend maybe two broadcasts looking at the word tribe and tribalism and why we should stop using tribe to describe other people's group. If you don't understand the definition of these terms, what they mean, who introduced them, and the purpose they've served in brainwashing other people to feel they are inferior, and brainwashing other people to feel they are superior, we will never get out of this quagmire. As I said, from the very inception, I'm not here trying to please anybody. And some of the things I will say, you won't like them, that is fine. If you disagree, there is a comment portion, leave your comments. And as I've told you already, I've already been accused of being Uncle Tom. The rotten tomatoes and eggs have been thrown on me already. Some have already accused me that I'm, I, I am oppressed. And I don't know, really, oppressed by who? Oppressed by who and why? He that the Son of Man has set free is free indeed. I have been set free. I have been set free in the inside. I know who I am, created in the image and likeness of God. I am a child of God, bought with the blood of Christ. I'm seated together with Christ in heavenly places. I've been born by the will of God. I've been born by the Spirit of God. That is who I am. And that is what I want for you. If God says, you are good, who dare says you are inferior? It's very important to understand that racism will die the day you understand that God created you in His image and likeness and has endowed you with great potential. Other people may believe, speak, act, or think otherwise. Don't let what they think and believe or expect about you to become your reality. You need to stand on this truth. The color of somebody's skin 
does not define who they are. The things that condemn us are those things that come out of the heart. Hate, pride, lust, adultery, fornication, fornication, lying, cheating, greed, fear, shame, you name it. There is no way you meet somebody who doesn't look like you and you say, oh, because this person doesn't look like me. They're not human enough. Let me mistreat them. Why are you mistreating them? Why are you taking advantage of them? Is it because their skin color is different from your own? They don't speak like you? Is that really what is driving you? The issue is an issue of the heart. And we are going to address it. I want to thank you so much for watching today, listening, if you're listening via the IAM Approach podcast. Do me a favor, share, like, subscribe, and last but not the least, get a copy of this book it's going to change your life. Thank you for watching. You've been listening to Dr. Eric Tangumonken with IM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential, and deploy it. Until next time, God bless you.